Well, let me welcome everybody that's joining us across all of our campuses, right here at our Gables campus, our Kendall campus out over yonder. Yonder, I guess, is a word. And then, of course, everybody that's joining us from around the globe via church online. And I also want to say a special welcome to the kids that are joining us today. So welcome, kids. Pastor Bill's over at Kendall uh, today. Well, recently, I took kind of a sprint down memory lane. And it all began with a text message from a former student of mine from Bud's Class 92, that's basic underwater demolition, Navy SEAL, basic training, inviting all their instructors, former instructors, back to their 40th anniversary. Now, at the time, I was 27 years old. I was a senior instructor referred to as a proctor. already had multiple tours of, uh, of duty around the world. And then it suddenly dawned on me, like, 40? Uh, wow. Wow, time doesn't fly. It goes into warp drive. But only an hour later, I get another text message from a person I haven't spoken to in 45 years. Now a retired principal, a member of my very first combat platoon, followed by another text message a half hour later of the point man of that very same first platoon. Now the point man was the seal that was in front of everybody, kind of led the way, a job obviously for someone stupid. But we hadn't talked for years. And then I discovered that my first platoon commander is now a medical doctor in San Antonio, Texas, where my son serves as a captain in the United States Air Force. Now, if you've never seen what SEALs look like in Vietnam, here's a bit of a flashback for you. Right there, there they are. Handsome group of guys. Moms, how many of you wish your daughter would grow up to marry a guy just like that, right? But here's the day. Most of the day, my memory drifted back to the people I served with, the mission, the challenges, the training, so much as what has today defined me as a can-do person. And here's what I know about you. And the reason I know this about you is because it's true about me. You have things in your life you wish you could forget, and you have things in your life you want to remember. I mean, we all have things that we wish we could just close like a book. And then we all have things that we wish we could live over and over and over again. But add to the mix the reality that your days are numbered. And every single one of us has a date with eternity. We kind of have to deal with the reality that one day you're going to live a life that someone's going to want to remember or someone's going to want to forget. And so I want to ask you this question today. How do you want to be remembered? What's the story you want told about you? I think that's really very important. As a matter of fact, on this Memorial Day, we remember those who demonstrated tough love, courageous love. They gave their lives, they sacrificed their lives for our freedom. And how do we remember them? Well, we remember them as heroes. So again, I want to ask this question. How do you want to be remembered? Now, you may be thinking, well, Mark, we look at you, and you got like one foot in the grave, but I'm young. Why do I need to do this now? Here's why. Because the story that's being told about you tomorrow is actually being written today. And somebody's either going to imitate your life or they're going to spend the rest of their life trying to forget your life. And so recently, we were in Texas. We were visiting our children. My son looked at me and says, Dad, you know, more and more I'm becoming just like you. And I'm thinking, is that good? 
And then my daughter, my wife says, you know, about our daughter, Laura says, you know, she's just so much like you. And I'm kind of looking at the expression of her faith and I'm thinking, is, is that good? But the truth is, we're going to leave a life that either people are going to want to remember or people are going to want to forget. And so here's your one thing. You don't hear anything else today. Please, please hear this. Remember to leave a life worth remembering. Leave a life that people will want to remember. I call this a life worth living, a life people will want to imitate. And so the big question you got to ask yourself is, how will I be remembered? More specifically, what if you were to turn to someone who loves you today and say, if today were my last day, how would you remember me? Well, I want to share some principles that I think are very helpful if you're the person who wants to leave a life worth remembering. Like, for instance, you got to know what to forget. you got to know what to forget. Let's consider the words of one person, Paul. He's formerly Saul, and just like you and I, he has a past. So look what he writes here. He writes these words. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on on towards the goal to win the prize for which Christ has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul's former life, if you know anything about his life, was occupied by a single ambition to destroy the church. But once he has an encounter with Jesus Christ, now his single ambition is to expand the church. And if you know the context of this passage, he's basically on a spiritual journey of a Christ-centered living where Jesus Christ is going to be Lord of all for me to live as Christ, but he's realizing he's not there yet. And so consider some of the verbs that he uses. Forgetting, straining, I press on. And when you think about it, what he's talking about is that this is continuous activity. This is a daily activity that somehow you're managing this tension between forgetting your past and pressing on into the future. It's like it never stops. And that word straining implies maximum exertion. I mean, sometimes it just takes hard work to forget our past, especially if you're like me. Sometimes my past just kind of shows up unexpectedly, kind of like those pop-up notifications on my cell phone. And it's not always so easy. It's just get over it. But what Paul is saying is, guys, this is work that is worth the effort when you consider the prize, the calling, the benefits of a Christ-centered life, which is a life worth remembering. It's a life worth living. That's what he's trying to say to us. And so here's, here's what I realized, that forgetting is the secret passageway out of the maze of our past. You see, when we spend all our time dwelling on our past, we have no time for today. And today is the start of the rest of your lives. That's what he's trying to say here. And so you might be wondering, well, what are the things we forget? Well, how about the trivial things? The trivial things. These are the things that are just simple day-to-day mistakes of life. Maybe you forgot somebody's Christmas gift. Maybe it was a careless word. But these are small things that sometimes we just magnify in our minds. For instance, my wife and I, not so long ago, we were going to a movie. And as we were walking up to the ticket counter, I looked at her, I said, do you think we can get a senior discount? She goes, well, you can ask. So I walk up to the ticket counter, and here's basically a a bored 16-year-old working her way through high school. And I look at her, and I say, "Uh, can we get the senior discount? She goes, sure, how many, two? Well, right away, I stopped, and I thought, 
why isn't she asking me for my ID? I mean, obviously, doesn't she see how young we look? I mean, can't she understand how ripped we are? Why aren't you asking for my ID? So she basically says, that'll be $12. Well, I'm walking in the theater looking at my wife. I can't believe she didn't ask for our ID. She goes, honey, you just need to get over this. And then throughout the movie and then afterwards, like, yeah, I mean, honey, I mean, you just got to get over that. I bring it to work. I tell everybody, they're kind of like, come on, Mark, let it go. And I mean, obviously, I haven't gotten over it. I'm telling you today. <laughs> and then what about the things that kind of just attach themselves to our lives? For some of you, you've been carrying a grudge for years. You've been harboring resentment for years. Or maybe some of you, it's a label, divorce, and you can't get beyond that. Or maybe it's some words from a distant past saying, you're not good enough. You know, kids, when I was in first grade, I didn't spell very well. And on a birthday, we had a particular spelling project, and I couldn't get it right. And the teacher wouldn't let me go home, even when school was dismissed, and I was waiting for a birthday party. Do you know, for years, that stuck to me, and for years, I didn't feel very, very smart. And it wasn't until college and grad schools that I became an A student. It attached itself to me somehow. And then I read, Paul writes, love keeps no record of wrongs. But I wonder how many married couples here have your top 20 list of offenses that you just pull out over and over again to remain your spouse, to remind your spouse of where they let you down. Maybe it's time to let that go. And even for others of you, you've spent a lifetime creating a whole Mount Everest of bad beliefs and somewhere truth is just buried under an avalanche of lives. I love what King David, Israel's greatest king, said. We got to forget our past troubles. And would you agree with me that just some days are bad days? And maybe that's time to let go. And here's why that's so important. Because these are the things that just consume so much of our energy. And they never really lead to anything good. If anything, they lead to a lesser you. I, I believe that. You know why? Because you're always spending your life looking in a rear view mirror. Somehow, and if you're doing that, that means you're waiting for a wreck somewhere ahead. I mean, how many of you, how many of you would say that you know someone who's been holding on to a grudge for years? Or somebody who's still bitter over the promotion that they didn't get? Or somebody who's just angry that we don't have some program from the past and all they do is think about the good old days? Now, I want to ask you this question. If you know that person, how happy are they? Honestly, how happy are they? But you know what? We've got a problem. And here's our problem. Sometimes we don't want to forget. Sometimes we simply don't want to forget. We'll become accustomed to a grudge. We can become accustomed to misery. We like to hold on to things. Even when those things have a capacity to harm us and destroy our relationship with God and others. For instance, kids, when I was two years old, my parents discovered I had allergies to feathers, so no more feather pillows. They bought me a foam rubber pillow. And so that pillow grew up with me through my childhood, then on into adolescence, then on into adulthood. That pillow went around the world with me and finally made its way into our marriage bed. <laughs> then one day, the pillow disappeared. I went to my wife. I said, you know where my pillow is? She goes, I threw it away. I said, why did you throw it away? She goes, it smelled. You see, I had grown accustomed to the aroma, but in her world, it was an offense. <laughs> Don't go there, okay? And here's what I know. 
You have things in your past you need to forget they stink to high heaven and everybody who loves you knows it. But you're not letting it go. And so what do we do? Well, we let go. We've got to let go. How do you do that? You download God's word and you upload his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In other words, you let God's word begin to saturate your life in such a way that it sets you free of your past. It becomes sort of a filter of what's important and what's not. So when that voice in the past tells you you're not good enough, God's word comes along and says, you're the child of the most high God. When others tell you you can't do it, God's word says you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. When that thing that you regret, that sin that you regret, wants to pop up again, God says, I got that covered. I gave my life for that very, very thing. That's what he's trying to say for you. Some of you, you may have to forgive. Some of you may have to say, I'm sorry. And some of you, I know, your pain of your past has been super glued to your soul. And that may require wise counseling. You see, I believe it may take hard work. It may take counseling. It'll take time. But you can be free. I believe that. And here's what I know about my own life. When I turn up the volume of God's voice, it turns down the volume of my past. You see, folks, if we don't forget we will leave a life that someone will want to forget. I want you to hear that again. When we don't forget, we will live a life that someone else will want to forget. So you got to know what to forget, and you got to know what to remember. There are just some things in life worth remembering. Wouldn't you agree? Lessons learned, experiences, People, those things that bring value into our lives, those things that create the very defining moments in regards to our character. You know, Jesus said, remember me in the act of communion. Why? Because it adds value to our life. Moses said, remember to keep the commandments. Why? Because it adds value to our life. Kids, you remember the story of a little child that brought a lunch to Jesus and he fed 5,000? We remember that story. Why? Because we learn that whatever we give to God, he'll multiply. And teenagers, you remember the story of a young teenager try, grabbed a sling and some rocks? God wants us to remember that. Why? Because it's going to teach us that you too one day will take on giants in the name of Jesus. We are to remember because these are the things that add value that create the defining moments of who God wants us to become. Kids, I want to ask you a question. You get to answer this out loud. How many of you would like it if your parents uh, would forget your birthday? Huh? Tell me. Yes, no. Say it with more anger, please. <laughs> All right, teenagers, how would you like it if your parents forgot to pay your cell phone bill? That's right, find another family. That's what I would do. Mom's a little more sensitivity. How would you like it if we forgot Mother's Day? Uh, yeah, you know how you'd feel. All right, well, here's one of my favorite passages from Psalm 77. What's really cool about this, it's actually a song written to a choir director from a guy, his name is Asaph. He's probably a musician in the court of King David. And here's what he's saying. He's basically describing hard times, living in hard times. Would you agree these are kind of hard times, challenging times? Look what he says here. I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your, say it. No, that was lame. Let's do that again. I will consider all your what? And meditate on all your mighty deeds. 
Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as, say it, as our God. Here's what he's saying. Guys, remember God. The God who did mighty things in your past will do mighty things today and tomorrow. That basically what he's trying to say here is the God who's been faithful in the past will be faithful today, faithful tomorrow. You can face your future with bold confidence. Why? Because God is great. And so that's what he's trying to say here. Trust God to be faithful so in all the things of your life. And when we do, here's what happens. We press on, in the words of Paul. We boldly face forward today and tomorrow with courage, which does what? It leads to a greater you, a better you. And guess what? A future hope. That's what he's saying here. In other words, I guess what he's trying to say, why get stuck in the past when you can accelerate into your future? So what do you do? Well, you take hold. You download God's word and you upload his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In other words, you go to God's word daily. If it's a principle, you apply it. If it's a command, you obey it. Then you trust the mighty God who's been faithful in your past that he will join you in your obedience and your application. And guess what? You'll start creating new memories. The old is gone, the new has come, and you will start giving people a life worth living and things to imitate in their life. I believe that's what he's trying to say here. You let God be God. And when you upload these things worth remembering, things worth imitating, you are going to be putting them in somebody else's Dropbox of their memory. That's why it's so important to know what to forget, know what to remember, and then guess what? Know how you want to be remembered. So I want to ask you one more time. How do you want to be remembered? What is the story that you want told about yourself? What's the story of your marriage? What's the story of your finances? What's the story of your work ethic or your family? What's the story of your character or devotion to God? You know, recently I was asked to do a funeral. And it's very common practice when you're asked to do a funeral. You'll sit with the family and say, how would you like your loved one remembered? What are the good things you would like me to share? And as we sat there, total silence. This family had no good thing to share. And how tragic it is to live a whole life with nothing worth remembering, but everything that they will spend a lifetime trying to forget. You got to know how you want to be remembered. And I believe that all of us are going to live one of two lives. For some of us, it's going to be a me-centered life characterized by these words, I got mine. And typically, this is a life that is often built around career and money. And suppose today we could fast forward to that person's funeral. Might sound something like this. This person's life, well, he worked 80 hours a week, but never was home. She always said, I'm the only one who can get the job done as she walked out the door one more time. Always in a hurry, always tired, selfish to a fault, bought us everything we wanted, but never had time for anything that truly mattered to us. Church, well, that was a spectator sport. And somewhere it was a blip on their busy radar scope. But the truth is, we never saw 
any genuine life change. Will that be said of you? Is that what you want said of you? You know, I've discovered about me, and it's true of you, you're too small, I'm too small to live for myself, to live for yourself. But the good news is you're a speck in eternity, but you're God's speck. And that means you're a part of a larger cosmos plan. And Jesus died for you. And that makes you a very, very important speck. You see, this is what we're talking about here. And so I think you could live either the me-centered life or the Christ-centered life. And the Christ-centered life is characterized by these words, Jesus is Lord. For me to live is Christ. It's a calling that Paul says is worth straining. It's worth the effort. It's not a wasted life. And if anything, it's a life of love. Look at the words of Jesus who described this life. He says, a new command I give you, love one another. By this, everyone will know, this is the litmus test of those who call themselves Christ followers, that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus elsewhere was asked one time, what's the greatest command? He said, love God, love others as you love yourself. And I want to ask you this question. Would a life that truly loved God, truly loved yourself, and truly loved others, would that be a wasted life? Or would that be a life worth living? A life worth remembering? And so Jesus characterizes the Christ-centered life and how God wants his children to be known by their love, by their love. But you know what I wonder? Why is it a command? Why did Jesus have to make this one a command? And you know what I realized about myself? Because the truth of the matter is, just like you, I know how to love. And I know how to love well. I just don't always feel like it. There's some days I just don't have the energy. There's some days I'm just too busy. Just some days I choose not to love well, but make no bone about it. I know how to do it. And I think that's true of you today. But what if at your funeral, what if your funeral, these words could be said, she loved well, he loved well. Would that be a life worth remembering? And so what do you got to do? You got to let go. You got to take hope. You got to love well. You got to love well. You got to make every single thing you do an act of love. And so what if our generosity was an act of love, a way of helping others? Would that make a difference? Or what if our volunteering was an act of love, a way of helping others? Would that matter? What if our work ethic was an act of love, a way of helping our fellow employees and serving our employer? What if your fitness was an act of love, a way of loving yourself and then using that strength as a way to help others? What if every single thing we did in life became an act of love? Would that be a life others would want to remember? Maybe I should ask you, would that be a life that would be worth living now, right now? But I have to give you a warning. Love does have its boundaries and does require certain boundaries. There's a time when helping can hurt. But with God's word and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we all can learn to love well. See, the truth of the matter is you can leave a legacy of love if you want to. And here's how you do it. Write it down. 
Today, when you leave here, go to someone you love, somebody you trust as an advisor, and say, hey, today, if I were to be remembered, how would you remember me? What are the things that you love? And then start to create some categories, my marriage, my family, my workplace, and then start imagining how you would like to be remembered. Get very specific, get really concrete. I want to be remembered in my marriage as one who always had time for a date night with my mouth. Spouse, not my mouse. She's kind of small, okay? <laughs> you know, sometimes I get confused, all right? Or, hey, I want to be remembered as the wife who always showed my husband respect in public and in private. I want my kids to say I always had time to be there for them. I participated in their life. I even coached their team. I want my employer to remember me as the person that always smiled. And I worked so efficiently that when I was done, I went to somebody else and said, how can I help? And I want to be known in my church as a generous person who is generous with my time and my treasures and all my talents because I knew that would go with me to heaven. You write those steps. You determine a direction. And then now, from this day forward, you take steps. I love what that same beloved disciple wrote when he kind of wrapped it up sort of neatly for us. And he said these words, this is my command. This is my command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus, and to love one another as he commanded. Maybe today, maybe today is the day that some of you believe in the name of Jesus. You let go. It's time to let go. It's time to forget. And you take hold. And from this day forward, you love well. You will leave a legacy and you will leave a life worth remembering. Will you pray with me? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, for just one moment, right now in this time-space continuum, where we could be honest enough to examine ourselves, and we know, we know, we all have things we need to forget. And maybe it's time to let those things go, whatever it takes and Lord, maybe it's time that we really take hold of your word and we trust it and we trust you as a God who's so faithful. And maybe it's time for us to truly, to truly stop making excuses and start loving well. And that begins with you. And there are some today in here, they've been exploring you. Some have been avoiding you. And maybe today is the day of their salvation where they will believe in the name of the son of Jesus Christ. And if that's you right now, let this day be the first day to the start of the rest of your life, to leaving a life worth remembering. And so just pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I get it. There are things in my past that I just want the slate wiped clean. Come into my heart, forgive me, but be Lord of my life where I can be that person who would love well and to leave a legacy, a life worth remembering. Now, if you're that person and you just prayed that word with me, that prayer, just let me know by raising your hand. I'm the only one looking. And I'm going to be the one that's going to say, hey, I'm going to pray for you. Anybody over here? Thank you. Over here. Another one over here. Great. Right down front. Thank you. Anybody else? There's time. Today is the start. Over here to my left. Thank you. Again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Hey, can I pray for you guys? Let me pray for you. 
The rest of you just eavesdrop if you like. Lord, thank you for these that made decisions. Wow, it's a new beginning. It's a new day. The old is gone. The new has come. And I pray now they'll have the boldness just to take that one next step towards leading a life worth remembering. And I pray this in your precious name. Amen.